0: All right, here we go. Uh, The money today is going to go to pads. I'm going to let Donna talk while I get set up. You have 60 seconds. Here we go.
1: Hi, my name is Donna Loza, and I've been working for DuPage pads here in Wheaton for about eight fantastic months. I've loved every moment of it. And I know that you guys are just as fabulous and wonderful and highly talented and I would like to push that out into the community and share your love with them. I'm looking for a few volunteers, um, roughly 30 or 40. But you know, <laughs> I'll just take <laughs> I'll take a handful um, for the summer. I put a blurb together in the life in the life together. So check it out. Um, we're looking at you know a 12, 13 hour shift, but each person does maybe you know three hours to four. But it can be as simple as preparing meals, serving those meals, sitting down and talking to them, setting up the pads, or doing the overnight shifts, which I have done. I've done the two to six, and I have to admit that it's the 3 a.m restless soul who can't sleep who comes down to me and talks and after 15 minutes of just listening to him says thanks that's all I needed so it's those quiet moments it's those open doors where I find an opportunity um, to kind of help and to share God's love with them Um, I even had someone ask me this week what he could do you know is there anyone we could talk to and I said well you can talk to me and I could be your advocate and encourage others to help out. But more importantly, I said, you can pray about it. You can pray that volunteers come forward and churches open up their doors. So I'm, I'm looking for volunteers. If it's something that you know, you, you've been wanting to do or think about doing later on, feel free to contact me, email me, hunt me down, um, what have you. Um, the volunteers do get a background check. They go through some training. I can actually bring the volunteer coordinator in here to come and talk to you. Or if you're interested in just seeing what we do, I'm more than willing to take a few in my car and, and uh, show you what it's all about. So thank you. Okay. Thank you.
0: okay. Uh, so if you're still looking for a spot, uh, there's always – one of the things that's surprising is how many people uh, from this congregation work in the community. I think most of us have no idea. Um, we're going to try to find a way to do that better. I'm running up against the, the, the fact that some of you are very shy about what you do um, and sometimes don't even really want it known. You know, I get that, but in another sense, it's not that good because uh, maybe other people want to do um, what you do. So you probably don't even know that there you know, are three or four or five really kind women who go over and push wheelchairs at the county home every Sunday so that people who are sort of trapped in the room can get to the church service that's offered there. You probably didn't know that, right? And they've been doing it for 10 or 20 years. It's so remarkable. And that stuff has happened all through St. John. We're horrible. We're horrible at public relations. We're terrible. Uh, because what happens is we have people who are doing things all over the place. So part of the reason to have Donna just chat just a moment is to, if you think, oh, I've always wanted to do that, or if homelessness is the problem that particularly bothers you, um, then that's what you can do. If it's hunger, we know where to send you. If it's um, you want to work with kids, we know where to send you. We need to do a little bit a little bit better job of that. So um, you know, we're trying to work on that just a little bit. So anyway, thanks to Donna. The money today goes to PADS, and then if you want to go to PADS too, she's the one to talk to. Okay, let's pray.
1: <clears throat>
0: Almighty and everlasting Father, hear our prayers. Hear the prayers of the church that waits for you. And grant that someday you pull us into the splendor of your glory, even as you now illumine our hearts as reborn children. Prepare us now by your Holy Spirit to receive your grace through Christ our Lord. Amen. Okay, questions about anything? I did get one really good technical question. Um, What's the difference between a mediator and an intercessor? Great question. Uh, The scriptures often talk about all of us as intercessors. Intercessors just mean... um, you carry somebody else's concerns to Christ. So we've been talking about that, how you're a bridge person. We talked about that, how you're a bridge for people between heaven and earth. Or last week we talked about how sin actually cripples people. And, you know, people who are sinners, if you if you yell at them, shape up. You know, if they could, many, many people, if they could shape up, they would. Just like people who are sick, if you yell at them, get better. You know, if they could get better, they would get better. Many, many, what happens is many, many people who are, Spiritually crippled, they don't know what to do, or they find you know the medicine a bit too bitter to swallow. Uh, and one way you can strengthen them and stand by them is to pray for them. So an intercessor prays for other people. You bring the cares of somebody else. So we talked last week about how our children. You know, we think kids just think that the church isn't cool. That's not enough. That's that's not enough to account for why kids leave the church. It's often because. Um, Kids get old enough to do stuff that they know you uh, identify as a sin, that they know that we identify as not very bright, not very safe, um, not very good for you. You Basically, it's like everything else. It's like smoking, it's like drinking, it's like drugs. You tell kids, you know, that's not good for you in some measure of either moderation or not at all. That's not good for you. But what happens? You know, they still do it anyway. Immediately when they do it, there's then this rift between you and them. And, uh, you know, if you shake your finger at them, you only make the riff wider. Or, you know, they, you know, speak in code or they get all their parenting from their friends, which is, you know, for those of you who love Wikipedia, you'll really love the fact that teenagers parent each other. That's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Yeah, right. So, uh, you know, democracy is good except when it's not. So, uh, anyway, what can you do about that? Well, you pray kids back to church. One of the great joys of Mother's Day, I have to say, you know, I mean, one of the great joys of Mother's Day. So here's the thing, and this today proves it can be done, which is you must have noticed if you were in the first service all the mothers who brought their kids and grandkids to church, right? Mm-hmm. It was quite a remarkable thing. And the kids were great. And it was, it was fantastic. I mean, mothers have this great power, uh, you know. That was a remarkable display of, um, in some cases, people we hadn't seen for a very long time. And suddenly they're back, and they've got kids, and those kids are back. Uh, And our job is to make it great. Our job is to make it not so horrible as they thought it was going to be. Our job is to make it loving, kind, a blessing. Our job is to make it great for people when they come here. And so everything from your welcome to the music to the coffee to everything is meant to say to people, we love you, we want you here. Not because we want you to join a club. You can join another club because you need the forgiveness of sins. And you need a life that's blessed and your sins aren't, they just aren't good for you. Sins just aren't good for you. So leave your sins here uh, and then go home and heal up, get better. And that's one of the, so an intercessor prays for that. You remember we started and I, I started by saying, you know, my concern about my, your prayers is that our prayers, my prayers too. I mean, I, from the moment I wake up in the morning, I'm thinking about people... But I I have to, I often, it usually happens about the time I look in the mirror to shave for me. So I realize that most of the things I've thought about already in the morning have been in some ways things that affect me. And one of the great flips for me then is that I need to flip those to how it can be about them. So I have people who, from across the course of my life, that come come to mind virtually every day. There's just either something that happened or something that was good or bad or some that i'm close to or somebody I haven't seen for a long time they come it comes into my head from the moment i wake up virtually every day now the key to that is you know we talked about this early when we talked about for example entertaining ideas the key to this of course is that this happens to you as well the key is to you know bring all things into the mind of christ the key is to be an intercessor the key is when you see the man who can't walk and you can't force your way through the door you cut a hole in the ceiling and you drop him down you bring the spiritually crippled you bring the spiritually crippled to Jesus you do that as an intercessor so intercessor simply means you're a bridge person or you piggyback people there you you grab onto somebody and you carry them like the paralytic to Jesus that's an intercessor you're you're the one who brings somebody else's concern somebody else's face somebody else's name and you leave it there and then go all, reach all the way back to where we started. You leave it there and now it's Jesus' concern. That's what an intercessor does. A mediator is more technical language. A mediator is the one who has the authority to bring two parties together. So that's what Jesus does. Jesus is the mediator with a big M. There's one mediator between God and men in Hebrews. One mediator. However, you also know that because Jesus has baptized you, Jesus... Um, Makes you his brother. Jesus gives you his father. Jesus tells you to pray and teaches you how to pray. You also become mediator, small m, and you do what Jesus says. You beg for people. You try to put things back together. Now, what you'll find is the heavenly father is saying, "Hey, don't talk to me. I already love them. You know, <laughs> I've done the work. I'm I'm all love and I'm waiting for him. Okay, so basically, what you're doing is you're working with people. You're trying to assure people. You know, you bring Mr. King close in your prayers and you assure him that this is going to go really, really well. Um, i tell you a story. The, the best thing I heard from, from, we were at a pastor's conference last week, which is not always a great use of your time. But there was a really, really great thing that ha- They had one really good, I can't help it. It is what it is, you know. And I'm never going to get those heartbeats back. However, um, I'd rather be with you. I love you. Uh, so here's the thing. They had a guy there, uh, a guy, a famous Missouri Senate guy, uh, Tim Gagline, who was uh, deputy um, press secretary for George W. Bush. Um, and so, you know, put politics aside for a second. Um, But he came and spoke, and he spoke about it. He gave, and he gave very lucid lectures. He was a very entertaining speaker. But he also had a deep fall from grace. Uh, Basically, he was. I think he said he grew up in Indiana, and he wrote, and he kind of rode his way into this job, the White House. He said every day of my life was the best job I ever had. But he said um, the way the pride got to him in his job. uh, Well, he said some people. He said, you know, and I've always said this too. It's for pastors. It's always sex and money i mean pastors always go bad with sex and money so he sort of added a third thing he said in washington it's either sex money or power and he said i was too much of a nerd for sex and money but he said for me i always wanted to write the best sentence there could be and so what this led him to was to plagiarize other people's work and um he plagiarized he stole, basically stole somebody else's work and he published it and you know believe me you can't get away with anything on the Internet. I mean, people type in four, four, four words, and they know that you've stolen it from somebody else. Um, I'll tell you in advance next week I'm going to borrow very heavily from, from a sermon that's better than a sermon I could write. Cause just because I read it, I made myself a note, I read it again. I'm like, I actually can't write something this good, so I'm going to give you a large measure from somebody else. I'm going to tell you that in the first line of the sermon, but just because I want you to hear it. Um, but you have to if you do that you have to sort of admit it anyway what was really interesting is despite what you think of George Bush plus minus forget about all that where you are I don't care about the politics listen to this so basically he gets fired same day he resigns same day he gets caught in the morning he resigns cleans out his desk goes home and he said you know he came back the next week to gather his stuff and they said the chief of staff came and said the boss wants to see you he said it never goes good for anybody when you work for the president and they say the boss wants to see you he said that's not a good and it's just you So he walks into the Oval Office by himself, and he says, um, Mr. President, I'm very sorry. And this is really interesting. George Bush stopped him and said, Grace and mercy are real things. They've been extended to me. I forgive you. And nobody says that. So he starts again. This is just the prodigal son story. He starts again to explain. He said, Mr. President, I'm so sorry. that He said, Grace and mercy are real things. They've been extended to me in my life. I forgive you. So what does he do? He starts in a third time. So you're standing with the president (laughs) in the Oval Office, and he says, and and Bush says to him, he starts in a third, and Mr. Roosevelt, says, Bush stops him and says, he said, we can either talk about the stupid things you've done, or we can talk about how how, how great a servant you were the last eight years to me in the United States of America. Whichever one you want to talk about, that's what we can talk about. But he said, you probably don't want to waste your time in the Oval Office with that. That's exactly what people should feel like when they come to church, you see. And when he left, he said, he said I, I thought that, he said, probably the last time I'd ever see the president. The last thing the president said as he walked out was, bring your wife and kids around to the, to the Oval Office next week so I can tell them what a good job you did for me. And he actually did. I mean, he brought his wife and kids. He said he was downstairs cleaning out his office. So, you, you know, the thing is, he still was out. He was still out. And now he has a job with folks on the family. He was still out. However, he was also loved, not hated. It was a very interesting thing. All right, that's how the church should work. So people do terribly stupid things. We all do stupid things. If you could build your tolerance for stupidity, and I could build mine, so when I'm really stupid, you'll still love me, and when you're really stupid, gee whiz, I'll still love you. Want to do a pinky swear? Because that's the <laughs> church. Because you're going to do really stupid stuff. You're going to do really stupid stuff, and you're going to wish you didn't do it. And I'm going to do really stupid stuff, and I'm going to wish I didn't do it. And it's not, you know, I'm going to say to you, that wasn't me. And you're going to say to me, that wasn't me. When I did that, that wasn't me. And that's what forgiveness is, you see. We still have to try to make things right. We still have to make restitution. We've talked about that with Zacchaeus and such. But, you know, and and there are some things, you know... um, you know, there are some things, there are different measures and how you have to work with things. And, you know, you can't plagiarize if you're the, you're the press secretary of the president of the United States. You can go do other things, but you can't be the press secretary. But there's things pastors can do. You know, if you steal from the church, we're going to forgive you, but you can't be the treasurer anymore. You know, it just, they just ha- there's some things, there are always consequences to how things work. Okay, so pull that all the way back around and think about the people that you're praying for. Okay? Because I'm gonna do stupid stuff, you're gonna do stupid stuff, your kids are gonna do stupid stuff, your parents are gonna do stupid stuff. People are stupid. Did I say that? <laughs> so here's the thing. You know, we normally define that stupidity as sin because what we do is we, you know, the Lord says to us, here's a really this is a, live this way, this'll be fantastic for you. I'll love you, you'll love me, you'll live in your family, your family will be happy, you'll have a great Mother's Day, everything's gonna work out for you, I'll always stand by, you. you'll you never be alone. If you do screw up, I'll and then what do we do? We say, I I think I have a better idea. I I think I've, I I'm innovation. I'm all about innovation, you know. Um, okay, so we need to create a place where we live in forgiveness. I think we're you know we're on the way. You know we're on the way to having a very welcome. I love I love coming out after the service. I love the way you engage each other. I love that your kids can run free and be safe. Although I will always say, I, in fact, it's time for me to say this. Parents, don't be overconfident about letting your kids run free downstairs because we're a church and anybody can walk in the door and we don't know who people are. I still would not let your kids go to the washroom alone, even here. I'm just t- saying to you. I would make sure that they get to Sunday school by themselves. I wouldn't let them run out the door unless they're of a particular age. I'm just telling you, okay? Because our doors are open and we're all sitting in there and this whole part is open, right? So I just, just kind of use some common sense. We, I love it that your kids run free and talk to each other and with other kids. But we don't know who is where. I mean, kids shouldn't be running down to the basement by themselves. You should be helping them down there. Parents should be watching, all that kind of stuff, okay? So just, you know, we don't want anything to go wrong. And, but you've created this very safe place, this very kind place, this place where people are loved in spite of themselves. You love me in spite of me. You know, I love you in spite of you. And where we forgive each other and we start over. Okay, when you've got that and you've nurtured that, then it's time to pray people into your buildings. And so this morning was a great, a great, great start to that. Where you, on Mother's Day, I would guess that this was a Mother's Day unlike any other Mother's Day because you're better than you were last year and you're better than, you know, last year was better than the year before. You're better and better every year at this in terms of kindness and being welcoming, being open and forgiving people. That's fantastic. And when you get days like this where you get a lot of people through the door who aren't normally here... What you want them to feel is your love. You know, you don't want to say to somebody, holy cow, you haven't been to church in 10 years. Although, honest to God, there were people here today who hadn't been to church in 10 years. Uh, Actually, there was was actually a couple here who told me at the door, we haven't been here for 12 years. I'm like, all right, we love you, and you should come back, because we love you. That's the reason you should come back. And little baby Jesus loves you too, by the way. Right? Okay, so that's, you know, you don't say, when somebody says that, you don't go, what the heck is wrong with you, you know. I mean, you, you just, you know, lo- love people the way you'd like to be loved. When the, people can screw up the courage to get across the threshold, show them the love, you know. Get them a cup of coffee. You know, love up their kids. It's great when kids have a fit at the altar, isn't it? I mean, it is fantastic. Because here's the thing, man. You're all just acting like, oh yeah, we got some kids, and they have fits at the altar sometime. <laughs> Let's sing "Beautiful Savior," okay? What a great little introduction those musicians wrote. <laughs> th- I mean, you know, you can either do that, or you can, have, you know, you can crab about it. Why would you do that? Because you want them to grow up being, you want, ki- you know how, you know how, when you're a kid and you go, that was my. S- that was my school when I was at that school. I Or that was my church. In fact, I know a pastor who wants, I know a lot of pastor stories, but I'll give you an analogy. I know a pastor who once, with a friend. They, they went into church through an open window, this before as a pastor, of course. He's, a, he's like a seventh grade kid. And hey, what could be more fun than getting in the sanctuary, taking the fire extinguishers and having a fight with each other with the powder? Yeah, so, so when, that, when the fire extinguishers were empty, then they looked up and what did the sanctuary look like? Like it snowed. <laughs> I mean, that knucklehead is a pastor now, and I, you know, uh, I'm just saying, you know, you've done stuff like that, and so have I, and, and it is kind of fun. You know, as I told you about my friend Fred during my high school years, whose favorite sound was breaking glass. Okay, so there's a couple of stories behind that, you know, and occasionally when you go by a place, you go, let me tell you a story about that. You want your stories that your kids tell, even if your kid was, you know, crying at the altar. You, I used to cry at the altar when I was a kid there, but they still love me, right? so all that goes with praying people back into church, because you can pray people back into church. And then if you and I are cranky when they come to church, why would they come back? You'll be waiting another 12 years till they come back. So, you know, when you get your A game on when you come to church, because here's the thing, people need to be loved and they can't waste another 12 years of their life carrying around their sins that hurt them. Okay. so anyway, congratulations. Great job. It was a fantastic morning. I was sad we you know we we ran a little late, and that cut the coffee time down, and the coffee time is in some ways as important as the time inside because you need each other and you need to love each other. All that comes under being an intercessor for other people carrying people, carrying people to Jesus you carry people to jesus that 's what we did last week. so a mediator blazes the trail, and an intercessor walks on the trail. A, a mediator paves the highway an intercessor drives the highway, although occasionally Jesus will let you fill a pothole or two because you get to be a mediator as well. Does that make sense? Okay, so that's what you're doing. And I can't tell you, you know, the church is going to live or die because of you. I mean, the church will always live. I mean, this (laughs) congregation. Congregations come, congregations go. They come and go because of the people that are in them. So there's no guarantee that St. John will live forever. Be nice if it did. The church will live forever, some way, some form. But it'd be nice if you lived forever in this place, in this form. It would be fantastic. And a, a morning like Mother's Day is a great acid test for that. When people walk in the door, you should be waiting with open arms for them. I know you've got to see your friends. My advice to you is come see your friends on Saturday at workday. By the way, workday was fantastic. I ate three hot dogs <laughs> and had two beers. And I only had two beers because I had to drive home, but it was fantastic. <laughs> Uh, it was great. And 30 or 40 people turned up, and we know that May is a tough time because you got all kinds of stuff. May is your busiest month, but it was fantastic. The place looks great. It looks better every time. You know, It looks better every time. Thank you. Spend your time with your friends in those venues. The Neistube. How many are coming to Neistube with Krista? Do you know younger people, um, the older people in this congregation want them to teach you to sew, knit, make quilts, do all that stuff? They have their own room downstairs. They disguised it with a German name. But they really want you to come along, so you should just think about that. If you like, if you like, that's the place. But when when you come here on Sunday, yeah, say hey to your friends. But if you see visitors, you know, turn your eyes up and outward, okay, because they need it, and you can begin to pray for them. People will tell you their story very quickly, okay. Well, oh, I did not know you were here, Krista. Oh boy, Günther, clean this up for me later, okay? It's Mother's Day, and you're a very accomplished man, and handsome too, by the way. So thank you very much. Um, but that's okay. You still you good? Everybody good? Questions about anything? Is it not enough to be beautiful and smart, Carol? You need more than that. All right, come to the garden club on Thursday morning, because you know you can have your Saturday fun every Thursday. Isn't that not true? And if you, I think every, every, every year they have a raffle to drive Carol's Red Mustang at the end of the year. The person who gets in the most hour, it's like Ferris Bueller, you get the Red Mustang for one day, don't you? Isn't that what I, would be great, man. I want to drive that car. Don't you want to drive Carol's Red Mustang? Oh, that would be some fun right there. All right, um, just questions about anything else? Anyway, love you and you're, you're fun to be with and St. John's a great place, but... You got it like your family, like your mother, like your father. You got to nurture it. Um, you got to nurture it to uh, keep it going. You don't need to dig for dirt in other people's lives. It's gonna bad stuff surfaces eventually when you see it. You know, and I've said to you, I don't want to know one bad, more bad thing about anybody else. If I'd never heard another bad thing about anybody, any time, that's why heaven will be great. You'll never hear a bad thing about anybody. It'll be fantastic, and you'll never say a bad thing about somebody else. It will be fantastic. But you know, stuff bubbles up, you know, pray for stuff and, um, you know, do your best. And you think people won't pray for you. Uh, or you think people, you, I'm sorry, you think people don't respect um, your praying for them. But in fact, it does. Kleinig, at the end of this thing, when he did this, he told a story about Australia is, you know, more in church than almost anywhere. And guys knew, he, was, he said when he was a young guy, he was worked on a road crew or a construction crew of some sort, um, and, uh, you know, the guys were pretty salty, and especially the boss. And they would ride him pretty hard because they knew he was going off to seminary. And he said, um, when he was young, uh, you know, he sort of endured this whole summer of it, and then he was going to go off to seminary. And the boss handed him his paycheck. And um, he looked at it, and there was double pay. And he said, you know, one last guy said, hey, you, you know, this isn't right. You give, you give me too much pay. And this salty old boss who'd been cursing him out all summer and riding him up being a pastor just turns to him and said, say one for me now and then, would you? So, I mean, people want your prayers. They want your love. They don't want your judgment. But they do want your prayers. They need your prayers. They want your prayers. Um, so pray for them, okay? All right. Any questions about any of that stuff? So I'm going to go ahead and give you, and by the way, for both four and five, the way they got copied, John Kleinig's name isn't on the top of these. You should just mark John's name on the top, um, because this is his work, and so I want to be very careful about not um, stealing his stuff. This last one, John gave here uh, as a, uh, you know, he he gave this here at St. John as a Saturday seminar, but I, you know, I read through it myself, and I thought it bears, it bears repeating, especially because we live in Wheaton, and sometimes... Um, we have a little, a little bit of an odd notion, especially um, Lutherans have had this, but but evangelicals have it too. Lutherans have it under the notion of conventicles. The most aberrant thing was when church, Lutheran churches would have um, groups of people praying at home that the people in the sanctuary would get it, that they would get the gospel. And the aberrant form in evangelicalism is this notion of prayer warriors, which can be understood in some ways, but usually has a negative connotation for me because it usually suggests there's some people whose prayers are better and more apt to be heard and who are just better prayers. And therefore, if you're a better prayer, if you're a better prayer, then Jesus would favor you more. You'd get more from the Father. One problem with that is it doesn't square up very well with Romans 8 where it says we, we sometimes just sigh out our prayers with sighs too deep for words. Pause. I'm also very much looking forward to my new directory get your pictures taken because i'm going to use it i'm no, i'm being serious now i'm being serious i don't necessarily want to look at you but uh i i, I do want to pray for you and i'm going to use mine i'm going to use mine to pray for you it's one of the quickest ways it's, it's for me i'm a visual guy for me it's even better than a list of your names because i can i can pray for a lot of people visually if i just see your picture if so it's a really bad picture so you know we really need <laughs> Or, you know, you could point to your wife like, <laughs> be rem- sorry, not this wife, your other wife. Uh, yeah, po- yeah, yeah, point the other way. Yeah, sorry, I love you, Joan, you know I do. Uh, but, but really, one reason to have your picture taken is because people can, you can pray for a page of people in a very short period of time because I don't have to know what you need, I just know that you need something because you're still on this earth. If you're on this earth, you need something, I can pray for you very quickly. You know, I'm like, yeah, uh, yes, he does, that's right. <laughs> you know, i play the Callahurst, help out the Callahurst today. So, you know, so here's your assignment. Everybody go home and pray for the Callahurst once, <laughs> once today, okay? Hey, man, this is great. I could have, I'd say give them, they could everybody give you 10 bucks, but that wouldn't be as good, so we'll just pray for you, okay? Uh, you know, so, so one of the nervous things is is this notion of, you know, kind of uber prayers who somehow are better heard. That's not in Scripture. And sometimes it's the most broken people who are heard the most. I mean, I love, and I've told you, I love you know, I love the three men in the fiery furnace. That's what I want is the Old Testament reading at my, my funeral. I love that. I love every bit of it. I especially love where he says, hey, we're going to do what the Lord tells us to do, and um, that's probably going to get us killed. But if it doesn't, you know, we'll be around and tell you how great it is. And then, of course, in the fiery furnace, didn't we throw three guys in? Yeah, but there's four. Like, yeah. That is the coolest thing. Jesus comes around and walks around the fire with them to keep them safe. He has a way of cooling the flames, in case you didn't know. Right? That is a glorious thing. Okay, intercession and then protection. So um, I review for you, yes, sir. Okay, watch this, man. Watch this. You're with her, right? Yeah. Yes. You just turn to her and say, "I love you," and I'm praying for you. Go ahead, do See how that works for you. Love you and I'm praying for you. Now she going to give you a big kiss?
1: <laughs>
0: Later. <laughs> so here's the thing. Uh, so there's two ways you can answer your question. One is you can study up a lot and answer every objection. It takes a little while, and it mistakenly thinks that the world is still a rational place. The world is more irrational by the moment. Good for you to know a couple of things, and you know a couple of things. I would actually, in most cases, I would at least start, if you bump into a rational person, God bless you, talk to them. And Wheaton has a preponderance of rational persons. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, first, I think it's good that you get, he's the only vicar I know, this is a true story. Who's getting a concealed carry for his vicarage. Okay? <laughs> That's actually a true story. So uh, you should pray for young Hopkins because he's going a place where, they, where nobody else will go. So I actually, uh, I, would, I would, so God bless you. We'll pray for your protection. Um, but I think where you're going, I think people will, so here's my basic outline. People feel un, alone and unloved. I've said this to you a hundred times. The people you bump into are going to feel alone. They're going to feel like the world is against them. It's a tough place. There's a lot of gunfire. There's not a lot of jobs. There's, I'm sure, a lot of racism. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who have always been under the gun, and they feel like they've never been loved. I actually, frankly, think if you say to them, especially as a white face, you say to them, I love you and I'm going to pray for you. And actually, I would also say to you, and can I bless you? Almost everybody, even if they won't let you pray for them, because that you know sometimes crosses lines, because you're going to go into a place that has some competition for Christianity. You know, the Detroit area is there's a large Muslim community, a large Arab community, and there's a lot of things. You got a lot of things running against you. Um, you may not be able. To, I would say to people, I love you, and can I pray for you? They may not let you pray for you, though most people will. But almost everybody will let you bless them. You say, And you can say, you know, depending on, you have to read the situation, you know, Christ bless you, Christ bless you in peace and safety. You may not be able to, you have to just go to God the Father. I mean, I don't know, you've got to play it, you've got you to see what's in front of you. But I, you're not going to talk anybody into being a Christian in Dearborn, Michigan, okay? Uh, but you, there are people I can tell you who are looking to be loved and not be left alone. So here's the thing, this is why going there is the same as going here because you're trying to create a community there that feels like this community here. Now it's going to be a very different, people are going to look very different, but they basically need the same thing. They need to know that they're loved and not alone. So I wouldn't worry too much about arguing about, you know, the difference between how the Quran was inspired and scripture was inspired. I can do that, and it takes about three minutes, and you can do it too. That's not going to pull anybody into the kingdom of God. What will is if somebody likes you just loves people who have not been loved for a very long time, maybe never, right? It's one of the advantages to be in, I'm going to say this and it's going to sound funny, but I don't mean to be funny, although people are going to laugh at me. It's one of the advantages to go in there if you live through it. But I mean it in a real way. And they wouldn't have sent you if they didn't think that you, and you have particular skills. Um, he's an ex-military guy and also can speak Spanish. So, and also knows what to do. And also, I was serious about the concealed carry thing. So he actually knows how to care for himself in a different way than most of us know how to care for ourselves. Nevertheless, that's going to be a challenging vicarage. So God bless you. Yes, Karen? No, but you might if you 're face to face with them, you might um, people can take offense at the strangest things um, for, so exa- i 'll give you an example uh, when I was back at Princeton, where everybody knows everything there Claire was young, and there was this woman who used to come up and put her hand on Claire and say um, you 're a goddess and then she 'd sort of kind of move off, which is you know sort of goes with goddess theology okay so the first time we were a little surprised by that but I can't remember the next time or the time after that she did it and it was you know we didn't want to be offensive but I don't remember if it's Kirby or I but one of us we were you know said please don't do that you know because basically I didn't want anybody blessing my child in the name that was <laughs> demonic in a sense the worst thing you can tell them, one of my kids is they're a, a god or a goddess That's, so the thing is, is what I wouldn't want to do is if you reverse that the way to move past it is to ask people's permission or just it's a simple thing it's not for me you say may i bless you may i pray for you um because what you're trying to do is build the relationship in that case the person was not trying to build a relationship the, the person was trying to impose a foreign theology on us which we didn't want imposed on us but i think you're you're just asking to, you're basically saying to people can i be nice to you you're basically saying can i do the nicest thing i know how to do the nicest thing you can do for people is pray for them you intercede for them and you pull them to Jesus. That's the nicest thing you do. The nicest thing you can do is love them. You know, the nicest thing you can do is not be the person who's threatening them on streets that are very threatening. That's the nicest thing you can do. It's not that different, frankly, from being here. This is a very strange community because people are very accomplished. People have money. People have goals. People have a lot of stuff. The saddest moments for me when the economy went bad, where we had two or three families who simply disappeared. No forwarding address, no phone number. Val Gaty bumped into one of them two years later in a a thrift store somewhere or something, and we're like, what happened to you? And the answer was, we were too ashamed to come back because we'd lost everything. Okay, now here's the thing. That tells as much about us as it does about them, right? When that happens, that tells as much about us as it does about them. It means they were too ashamed to say to us, we've lost everything. So, see, we have a similar deal, not as dangerous, but as dangerous to the soul. We have a similar deal here. If we're not the sort of people that can pray people in the community and then take care of them, for whatever the reason, so if, if you have to be white, successful, rich, um, and accomplished to walk through our door, we're not the church. We're something else. Okay? Yes, Mr. Lee.
1: We, we live in a diverse uh, community with uh, many other
0: faiths. And, you know, I've had people come up to you and say, I would say to him, if somebody from another community said to me, from another faith community said, you're in my thoughts and prayers, I, would, I probably would say, you know, good, when you bump into a little baby Jesus for me, tell him hi for me, and just let it go at that. That will redirect them, you know, in a way. Yeah, it is a tough situation. Um, I'm running out of time, but the stuff that we talked about was important for us to talk about. Uh, so here's the thing. Things are going to get all a jumble now, uh, next, but, the, but in a good way, in a great way, in a good way. Um, next week is a voters meeting. It's primarily information. There's no motion on the floor. You should come. Uh, we may, you know, John, we may have to go to a bigger room. We have to go to the sanctuary. We have to, we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. It's really, it'll be, a, it'll be the best of a voters meeting you've ever come to because it's a lot of good news based on a lot of hard work. It'll be really a lot of fun. So you should come next week if you can. There's nothing to be voted on, but um, a lot of information to be passed out. Then I'm, uh, then I'm leaving for, um, for Spain after that, and I'm going to be gone two Sundays or three. I, I can't even remember. I'm going to be gone anyway for a while. There'll be Bible study. We're going to have Bible study all the way through um, July and maybe in August we'll take a little time off. I've thought about... Let me just ask you a quick thing, then we've got to go. Um, I've thought about this, and this is the equivalent of, you think your vicarage is dangerous? Try this. What I've thought about doing is um, having a Bible study or two to plan music together as a congregation. See what I mean? I'll need a concealed carry for this. Uh, <laughs> because what'll happen is is what'll happen is is people will say why do we ever sing this or i never sing this or why do we do this or could we sing this and blah blah blah. the thing is and then i'll say well just give me your favorite one or two things and then people give me a list of 19 things 19 is not helpful 84 is less helpful i have a hymnal i can look stuff up <laughs> what i'm interested is when you say to me i like to sing this particular thing what i'm going to say back to you is okay which sunday should we sing that meaning how, which, where does your particular s- hymn go in the church here? Yes. So, the Beautiful Savior beautiful Savior, was sung today. Why? What are the, when do you sing Beautiful Savior? When do you sing it? Transfiguration. Transfiguration. And then you can kind of bump it into Ascension too. There's a reason. I know you all love it. You'd sing it every Sunday. There's a reason we sang it today. Because you have this, you got this heaven and earth connection, the same heaven and earth connection you've got. If you go back and read the words. You get a heaven and earth connection at Transfiguration and Ascension. I'm thinking about doing that. Who would like? Who would show up to do that? Raise your hand if you'd show up to do that. <laughs> a couple of you. It would be a Sunday morning. It would be like 10, ten fifteen. All right, so a couple of you. I, well, it might make it more manageable even if I do that. But here would be your assignment, though. Um, your assignment would be you'd need to tie your... I would, I would ask you to tie your... It just makes work for me if you give me a lot of titles. Um, what doesn't make work for me if you say, we should sing it on this Sunday because here's the text. I would give you the text for the Sundays... You would tell me why it fits there. For example, the Hopkins family always asks for the naval—what do you call it? him, right? Don't always get that from the Hopkins. I know family? Must ask for that. It, yeah, he's trouble. Uh, have you talked to him lately? I mean, that guy—he's been riding me. He'll be beating me like a rented mule for Fourth of July. Yeah, right. Tell him to go ahead and send it now, and I'll get it in line. There's no sense waiting till the last minute. I know it's coming. Okay? I'll just tease. And he's great about. It. But I would forget to sing that. That wouldn't be. That wouldn't be my normal selection, although um, wink, bob, nod, uh, July 4th, that would be the time to sing it, right? So that's the kind of stuff you would help me with. That would kind of make everybody happier and make sure that you get to sing the things that you actually want to sing. That's great, but it needs to fit the Sunday, you know, because we're not going to sing the naval anthem today, because it's Mother's Day, right? (laughs) Everybody else good? All right, I don't know, we're, here's the thing, come back, there's going to be Bible study all the way into August. Um, it'll look like, I don't know if I'm going to go back and finish this up or not, I've got to talk, we'll, we'll see what happens, blah, blah, we're going to do Colossians for the summer. We just kind of just like we did, We you know, we've done 1 John and 1 Peter, we try to pick a book that we can alternate, that you can pop in for individual, you know, you get five or ten verses and you can have different teachers and you can be at different places, you don't have to be at every one for it to make sense. Um, last thing. We spend our our year now organizing our lives. Please don't take the summer off from that. Find a space. Find a time. Be silent. Pick up a scripture. Read your scripture. Meditate on your scripture. Contemplate scripture. So the difference is, what does the text say versus imagination, how it works in my life. For that, I will recommend to you again, pray as you go, which just does it kind of every day, praise you, go dot whatever. Just Google it up. You'll find it. Um, the fasting thing, you know, uh, do what you want with that, but we'll come back around to that, especially next Lent. And now with your prayers, I'm just begging you, you know, I'm just begging you, please pray. It gets harder as you get older. It gets harder as you get better. You get more resistance. The Satan will resist you more. It's like being a Christian. The more, if you become a pastor, if you, if you take a position of leadership in a congregation... If you um, discipline your prayer life, you know if you make going to church a priority every week, you're going to get more resistance. You're going to draw fire. Okay, you're going to get a big. We talked about this. You get the big flashbang, boom. boom, and it may be very painful. We'll pray for you at that point, and then we'll sort of it sort of bump you to the next level, right? And that's how your life goes. People stall all along the way. Don't stall. We're trying to push, 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 push toward things that are holy. The thing is, is we don't push toward things that are holy. We're pushed by things that are holy. Holy things push us toward holy things. We don't run by our own steed. Okay? And you know how all that works. All right. Let's pray. Let's go. Lord, remember us in your kingdom. Teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses